In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, it's Sandra Beck here today, solo. Uh, Christy Holly and her fairy light family are at Disneyland, of all places. So our news you can use, and our military minute lady, Doris Rivas Brecky, is filling in for her today. Doris, welcome to the show as a co-host. Thank you, Sandra. Here's a shout-out from San Diego. You know, it's so fun. You know, we talked about this yesterday on Military Mom Talk Radio. Our guest today is in Hawaii. You are in San Diego. I'm in Los Angeles. The radio station is in Texas. You know, technology is just the greatest. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, and one of the things that we want to talk about today, we're, we're going to have uh, Ikohashi on. Leah Colabello is the owner, and uh, they are a green company. And for those of you that don't know Motherhood Incorporated, that is behind uh, today's radio show, along with TogiNet, is a very green company. And we have found that by moms working from home with just a computer and the Internet, uh, we can reduce our carbon footprint exponentially. We when you just think of, you know, the 140 moms, uh, Doris, that work for me from home, none of them have to get in their car. None of them have to hop on the freeway, drive anywhere, pick anything up. They pick up their coffee cup, they go to the kitchen table or their home office, and they are there. And when I think of the number of fossil fuels that are burned, uh, you know, to run our businesses today. It's so overwhelming. And I look at my own wear and tear on my car. That's almost nothing because I go to the grocery store in the school. That's about it. I'm able to make a living from home. And, you know, I just think of all the gas we save burning up just by working from home. That's ama- You know, that's amazing. I was just thinking while you're uh, talking, and you're right. I mean, we're not using our cars. We're not causing smog and, you know, whatever, because we're working from the home. And so, yes, that does make us a green company. That is so cool. Well, when I was commuting, Doris, I really noticed this when I moved my company into my home. Um, prior to that, it was in Beverly Hills. And, you know, I was driving, I think, 40 miles each way, something like that, which right, is 80, right. you know, 80 miles round trip. And yep. eight times five is 400, which is, you know, Four, uh, 400 miles a week, that's 20,000 miles a year I'm driving that I don't drive anymore. I mean, I can see it in my bank book. I can see it on my car. Uh, you know, it's an amazing thing. And then you take those 40 and you, you know, or 40,000 miles or whatever, 20,000 miles, we'll right. say, let's say 20,000 miles we save per person right. times 
you know, 140 moms, right. you know, I, I stink at math, but that's a lot. I know, I know. And so we're definitely contributing. That's our contribution, motherhood's contribution to uh, not causing more pollution in the world. I love it. Absolutely. Well, and we do a lot too. You know, Motherhood Incorporated produces a lot of books. We're producing a cookbook uh, right now for Go Army Homes. We've produced a number of uh, books and we've converted a lot of books to the EPUB format, you know, to be used as in a Kindle or a Nook or a Sony e-reader. And I think of all the trees, you know, when I was looking at Ikohashi stuff today, you know, I was thinking about what they do and how, you know, they're trying to save the planet, kind of one chopstick at a time and right yeah and, yeah um yeah, and I look at what we do, you know, with all this electronic media that we do, you know, other than, you know, burning through computers right and left, which I know they contain a lot of dangerous metals, so we're not doing so good on that. Um, but as a general rule, Motherhood is a huge, huge eco-friendly company. That's, I mean, that's just great. And I mean, I'm still learning a lot about your organization and, you know, I'm very proud to be affiliated with it, but that's something I never gave a thought to, and I've always considered myself kind of an ecology. You know, that's my era, the 60s, 70s type, and that that makes me proud even more so to be affiliated with Motherhood Incorporate because we're, we're doing our part not to uh, add more pollution to the environment. Does it make you hippie proud? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe I'm a getting bit. a little flashback here. You know? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, well, and I think <laughs> you know, I do. I'm just teasing you. You know, I got to teach you every show. Um, But I think of, too, I know you get dressed up when you come into the office, and I appreciate all the care and um, (laughs) technique that you employ and looking good. You know, and I'm there in my old Navy sweatpants and sweatshirt or one of my crazy T-shirts. But I think, too, in that way, too, how much we save in dry cleaning, how much we save in laundry, you know, and how much I save on clothes. I mean, I only buy some formal clothes for the events I have to attend. Other than that, my work gear is, is, you know, whatever floats your boat. Right, right. And now that I'm not going into your studio as often, I happen to be in casual clothes right now because I was dressing for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, the thing that you weren't around when I first started my company? Because I think we talked about the air before. I had to fire that girl that came into the office looking so good every I know, day. I got scared but when take- I heard that story. <laughs> Yeah. No, she had heels on. She had a skirt. She had a nice blouse, and her nails are done, and her hair is up. I'm like, what is this, the 40s? No, 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 no. This is Motherhood Incorporated. We're very cool. We come in. We do our work. We're free to be you and me, and off you go. And I I think I live that every day with my skull cups. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, the skulls. Yes, (laughs) a lot of those running around right now. Close close to my heart. (laughs) Skulls and flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's going on with the um, with the news? You got any news for us this week? I do. I actually do, and it kind of has to do with uh, our guest that we're having on tonight because it has to do with a businesswoman who is also making her uh, stamp on helping people in the world. And I got it from a different source. I know I usually talk about ABC World News. <gasps> this, Are you I know, cheating on ABC World News? I got it from NBC Nightly oh, News oh with Brian Williams. Rolling over. <laughs> Who's the guy, Bill, traitor, Bill traitor. I know. your boyfriend? He's going to get mad at you. 
I know. Well, I did get it from uh, NBC Nightly News, and it's about a woman. Her name is Christine Driscoll O'Neill, and she's founder of an organization called One Life at a Time. And this organization helps people looking for a job, but in a different way than the state office of, of unemployment does it. And what her quote, her mission statement is, we basically do one-on-one, and that means everybody is an individual, whatever their needs are, whatever they need to get to that place to be able to be employable, employable again, we do. And uh, this is really interesting. She started the organizations, the organization from proceeds that she won in a whistleblower lawsuit. And I know you're going to ask me what was the lawsuit, and I couldn't find out what it was. But that's where she got her her stake money for this organization. And, wow, that's uh, and impressive, she, isn't it? And she hopes to continue supporting it through grants. So it's a fairly new organization, but uh, she likes that. She's helping unemployed people, and she actually uh, will help people from other states by phone and by Skype. And I thought you would like that, too, because we're getting into, you know, Skype more with your organization. But anyway, uh, I just thought it was really interesting. Here's another woman that is doing something different to help, you know, the world, especially in these uh, recession times. You know, I just think that's so great because, you know, when we're in a recession like we are, or I like to think of it like as a global energy change, you know, we've got to change our ways globally, um, you know, to adjust to the current situation. Anything we can do to stretch our dollar longer, anything we can do to heal ourselves and our planet, you know, to take lawsuit money from a whistleblower. You know, I blew the whistle at CBS for something many years ago, and ultimately, after everything was settled, they farmed me out to another place uh, (laughs) because I had blown the whistle. And um, I'll tell you, it's worth it. It's worth it to go down in flames in your career, to stand up for what you believe in. Uh, Our guest today, Leah, um, worked with me at a company where I I went up in flames, but it was, you know, but I did stand up for what I believe in, and I did not stand down to corporate America, and I'm so happy I did. Um, But what a great energy to take a negative situation, like a whistleblowing situation, and turn it into a viable company. You know, that girl's got guts. Yeah, exactly. And if I can just say it, uh, the name of the organization again, it's One Life at a Time, and people can look it up. I looked at their website. It's very nice, onelifeatatime.org. Wow. That is really cool. That is really cool. Um, you know, Doris, one of the things that I want to talk about uh, before we go to break is the um, the topic of conservation and recycling and all this stuff. And I want to share a little story with everybody that when I moved into my current house, which is a horse ranch, I started going bananas. I was going to make it green. I was going to use green cleaning things. I was recycling everything under the sun. And I almost had a nervous breakdown. You know, I just have to be honest with you. Do what you can. Um, make a difference where you can. You know, right. I got to the point where I'm like, I'm rewashing, you know, these baggies, you know, the Ziploc kind ones right, that I right. love. Um, I still do that. I'll be honest. I still do that. And I do reuse my tin foil or the aluminum foil, whatever you call it out yes, here. Yes, yes, aluminum, yeah. Yeah, I saw that in the fridge. I was like, oh, my 
God, I got to reuse this. I have to find a use for it. Um, right. And I still do that. But I think there's so many of my friends and family who don't and who don't recycle, who don't make the effort to reuse, reduce and recycle. So our mission today is going to be to encourage everybody just to make a little difference. Don't go nuts. Don't go all crazy. Uh, my name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio. I want to thank you uh, who have sent in toys for our Toys for Tots campaign on our sister show, Military Mom Talk Radio. We raised over 2,000 toys and $3,000. When we come back from the break, we're going to have Leah Colabello of Ikohashi. You can check her out at ikohashi.net. And she's got just some really great products. Um, my kids love them. I love them. Come back after the break and learn about how you can get them. show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled then join sandy fowler and her guests on heart-filled holidays every monday at noon 11 a.m central on toginet.com Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents' Plate is here to help you. The Parents' Plate with Brenda Nixon, Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what the Parents' Plate does. The Parents' Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here with Doris Rivas Brecky today, who's filling in for the eminently... Perfect. Christy Holly, who is 
at Disneyland with her three gorgeous children, her perfect hero fireman husband. It just doesn't get any better than that, does it, Doris? Oh, my gosh. Oh, the hubby went, too, huh? Oh, yeah, it's a family affair. Are you kidding? Can you imagine taking three kids to Disneyland by yourself and all under the age of eight? I would hang myself. I'd be just swinging from the ride by my neck going, kill me now, because my kids are somewhere in the haunted mansion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess you could leave them in there. What could really happen? You know, they can't find their way out. Nobody's going to molest them because you can't find them. And you could just sit out there and drink coffee while they get scared to death. Right, right. No, but that that would be scary, though, if... I mean, to get lost in Disneyland? No, no. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I joke about it. I joke about awful things. And um, I will issue an apology for the fat Boy Scout comment <laughs> a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. I made that comment, and people got upset. So I oh. apologize for that. I'm trying to be funny, make a little light of, you know, organizations that give – you know, gifts to children for their parents' work and their uh-huh. parents' artwork. So <laughs> I'm just going to leave it I didn't it at hear that. it, so. <laughs> uh, well, it really, it was one of my rants about how the school districts have these, um, you know, they have these contests, you know, who can sell the most popcorn, right, who's right, running yeah. for office. And what happens, what I see, and I, I checked with my friends around the world, actually, uh-huh. and it happens everything. It's globally human nature. Um, but the parents get involved. They draw the artwork. They uh, take the product into the their companies. Like this one guy took these popcorn things into UPS. He sold like 3,000 packages. which was great fundraising. Don't get me wrong. It's so great for these, you know, these kids to have access to this money but then his kid and i i called him the fat boy scout so i apologize Uh for that uh but his kid stood up in front of the whole group and is like yeah thank you and he got some gun you know some nerf gun which was pretty cool uh as a prize it was an expensive prize and he was so excited that he sold the most popcorn and i just got a little upset because i'm like do you work for FedEx? Do you work for UPS? Right, because, right. And, and my whole big thing, and, and this is, you know, I'll wrap it up from here, but my whole thing is I think the family should be awarded um, because no eight-year-old is responsible for selling 3,000 packets. No eight-year-old can sell three packets on his own. It's right. a family event. And I, I just think it sends the wrong message to our kids today that they get rewarded for something that dad took to work. So, yeah, excellent point. Excellent. There's my apology for the fat boy scout comment well that i mean at least you apologize so (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sure there's boy scouts everywhere that are overweight that were offended but um and the moms because that's all i heard from but uh, we're gonna yeah yeah you know every once in a while i i say something and i don't mean to but when you're on the air long enough honest to god it's gonna happen So I'm just warning you now. Okay. Uh, listen at your own risk. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I would like to bring our guest on now. Her name is Leah Colabello, and she is a, I'm happy to say she's a longtime friend of mine. We worked together under some really, really bizarre circumstances. We had a lot of fun. Uh, she's somebody I admire both personally and professionally, and I'm not surprised that she left the evil corporation that we worked for and went on to create something as fun and friendly and as uh, globally conscious as Ikohashi Chopsticks. Leah, I don't know if you can say anything after that. I just told everybody how great you are. Thank you so much, Sandra. That's (laughs) overwhelming. I really appreciate it, especially coming from you because you're so multi-talented and you do know a lot of people. So to put me in that category is pretty special. 
Yeah, well, you know, I think of you every day because we have our, we keep our Ikohashi chopsticks in a pencil cup. Um, it's actually a SpongeBob cup, you know, from one of those parties where they give out those plastic cups that are too nice to throw away. So yeah. of course, we have to reuse them. Um, but they hold them along with these really pretty chopsticks that I got from Japan. And um, it's so funny, Leah, because without your product, I would have never thought, you know, I have my chopsticks, my what I call my permanent chopsticks that I have at home here. I never would have thought to like bring my own chopsticks to a restaurant. I would have never thought that to have such a pretty cover on them that's, you know, interchangeable. You could buy different covers, which is really fun cuz I do that for my iPhone all the time and now I can do it for my chopsticks. Oh. Um, and it but also I makes to- eating so much more pleasurable when you're not you know, using those soft birch sticks that have splinters in them when you have your own time-tested chopsticks that work for you. Right, and then you have a five-year-old and a three-year-old that decide to get a splinter in both fingers, and you have nothing to get it out, and you're sitting in the restaurant with a, you know, a crying kid. Um, But before we get into your product, Leah, I want you to talk a little bit about kind of who you are. Are you married? Where'd you go to school? You know, and then how did you come up with this idea? Okay, what's a mouthful? And I'll keep it short. But I grew up in Hawaii, which was so fabulous. And as you know, Hawaii is a melting pot of different cultures. So we all learned how to use chopsticks from a very early age. And uh, as I grew up, I went to the mainland for college in, in Los Angeles. And after that, I spent a lot of time in Europe and Latin America. I worked in international sports events. Um, I made my way back to California with my sweetheart, who I'm now married to, and that's when you and I met, Sandra, in Beverly Hills, which, you're right, was quite it was quite a trip, wasn't it? Well, yeah, especially because you're the surfer girl and I'm the redneck. <laughs> and there we are in the middle of Beverly Hills. You know, just it's just when I think about it, it's so bizarre. It was really fun. I mean, I'm going to have to say one of the highlights was walking by Ben Affleck and just saying, hey. And he said, <laughs> hey, back. And I and then I almost wow. got hit by a car. But <laughs> it was, right. you know, it, it was just kind of an interesting, bizarre thing. And people ask me, you know, do you see celebrities all the time in L.A. when you live there? And yeah, actually, you do. Yeah, very strange. Well, we used to see Larry King, Larry King, who had the office above us. And, you know, I remember every time, I mean, you know, my kid has burped at Larry King. He's pulled his, you know, pulled on his <laughs> arm and, you know, just go, yeah, wow, you're Larry King. Wow, you're Ben Affleck. I guess you do eat. <laughs> it's crazy, but I digress. My story goes on then. I I did leave our little organization, and I did miss the people that I left behind because there were some fabulous girls that you, as a manager there, collected this really eclectic group of women, fabulous women. And a ragtag fleet. Yeah, exactly. But I went on because I found my dream job, which was with an environmental organization, a nonprofit organization, and I managed their global operations. Who's that surf well, fighter? The Surf Fighter Foundation. Yeah. And great, great. I and tell people what they do. Tell people uh, what they do. It's an ocean and coastal advocacy organization. We work with volunteers, or I worked in the past, (laughs) but the organization works with volunteers around the world who collectively organize and give a very educated and strategic, um, gosh, I 
<laughs> not very glib these days anymore, but they kind of strategically work with governments to try to tell them, hey, some of your ocean and coastal projects, such as, you know, building some breakwaters or dumping all your sewage into the ocean, that's not really good for the long-term effects on our country or our coastline, our local area. So here's why you shouldn't do it. And it's a, it's it's an activist organization, but really educated. You know, scientists go and you meet with, you know, ministers and governments and, and try to get them to see there are other ways to achieve these mutual goals. And we do that, obviously, that, you know, the U.S. is the biggest market for the organization because it is a U.S.-based organization. But they're in many countries around the world, um, most notably all throughout Europe. They're incredibly successful in, in getting the government to listen to just, you know, mom and dads, you know, they're trying to make the world a better place. And in Japan, they're having a really horrid time with the Fukushima fallout from the tsunami and all of that. It's it's really tragic to listen to some of the lectures given by the surf rider uh, chief over there. And in Latin America, we're in several countries. And it was just fun. And, and of course, Canada and Mexico. But it was a really fun organization. I met fabulous people. And during this stint, I um, had an intern that came over from Japan. And as in Japan, you give something called omiyagi, which is, is a gift. So when you go to someone's home or anything, you always bring something special, maybe a special chocolate or a special bottle of wine or something like that. Well, he gave me some chopsticks with my name on it in Japanese, and it came in this case. And I was fascinated because I never also, like you, thought to carry chopsticks with me. And um, it was this huge movement that I learned about. Oh. And I, I, you know, I don't quite know where to go from there. But when I went to Japan, um, subsequently, about six months after this intern came through my revolving door of an office, it was, <laughs> it was, um, it was fascinating because everyone that I knew in this green, environmentally friendly, uh, very aware group brought their own chopsticks with them. And some people actually left their chopsticks in a special holder in their neighborhood restaurant. It was very strange, you know, so you would go and, you know, every Friday night you would go pick out your chopsticks that were just left in the holder and that's what you use as your utensil. Very green. God, and nobody friendly. stole them. It's like I used to do that with my ski poles in Buffalo until somebody stole them. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know if you recall some of the news stories that came out after the devastating tsunami that happened earlier this year. But the most, one of the most remarkable things was the story of how theft and crime was pretty much zero. Right. After the aftermath yep, yep. of the tsunami, you know, the, which, you know, you compare that to what happened with Katrina and any right. other natural disasters yep. that happened pretty much anywhere around the world. Yeah. Um, it's just not like it. And, you know, it's a very, very special country. And, of course, there's a lot of influences that come through to Hawaii. So I'm sitting there kind of putting two and two together going, wow, this would be so perfect for Hawaii. 
But I you know, Leah, Lea, I gotta, I gotta cut you off. We're gonna go to commercial break. Our guest today is Leah Colabello, and she is the owner and operator of Ikohashi Chopsticks, which is found at ikohashi.net. They're these cool chopsticks, permanent chopsticks. You don't throw them away. You bring them with you to your restaurant. They've got these cool, funky little wrappers that they um, come in. They're super, super great presents. I just, I can't wait to give them as presents and um, and. They're inexpensive. You're talking about $10, $12 a piece. They're made in Hawaii. We're going to talk to Leah more about her company and how it got started and where it's going when we come back from the break. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. Giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinlock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody in the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The Wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Mom with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holland. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and Christy Holly is at Disneyland right now, taking the day off with her kids and her handsome husband. And I'm here with Doris Rivas Brecky, my co host, and our guest today is Leah Colabello of Ecohashi. Now, for those of you just joining us, Ecohashi is an environmentally friendly company that um, creates chopsticks, and they're bring your own chopsticks. They come in this really cool, fun, and fashionable cloth napkin that's wrapped around reusable bamboo chopsticks. 
and when it's time to eat, instead of um, using the ones that come in the paper, you know, that you have to split apart and then you throw away and you you waste, because every year 63 billion disposable chopsticks are made, that's 63 billion, using 25 million trees, I'm sure we can come up with a better use for those trees than, you know, sticking food on little sticks and then throwing them out after a one-time use. So uh, we got a set of these set to my company, um, a little orange one that my five-year-old is wild about, and then a blue Hawaiian one that that closely matches my son's favorite blue Hawaiian shirt. So we do take them with us when we go. We have a Japanese restaurant right down the street that we frequent often uh, called Miso Sushi. And the kids are so proud because they come in. And what's really cool, Leah, you know, you've given us so much without realizing it. My kids and I go in there, and every single time the wait staff comes up, like, those are so cool. Where did you get them? So we need to get those in, like, every Japanese restaurant or Asian restaurant in the U.S. and make you fabulously wealthy. That would be wonderful if I could. <laughs> and um, speaking of fabulously wealthy, Sandra, you actually were part of the inspiration for me starting the company. And one of the quotes that I am going to attribute to you, and I don't know if you picked it up from somewhere else, is the key to making money is to do it while you sleep. And that has resonated with me over the years that I've known you. Do you remember telling me that? I do. I do. I still use that. I use, I don't know. I'm sure I heard it from someone else because it's too smart for something I would come up with. But, <laughs> but well, it's fabulously money in- while you sleep. Yep. It's fabulously insightful if you think about it, right? And um, so I started Ikohashi because, you know, I had this idea thinking it would be so great for Hawaii. And, you know, the, we talked a little bit about deforestation um, in China. It's just incredible. They take out 100 acres of forest a day to make disposable chopsticks and send them all wow. around the world. And um, they were actually doing this practice in a Japanese corporation did this practice in Canada in the late 80s when the Canadians found out that they were ripping out all these trees, just wiping out beautiful forests to make chopsticks, which Mm -hmm. are, we're talking about birch, poplar, and aspen trees. We're not, you know, these are the kind of trees that are easy to mass produce disposable chopsticks with. The Canadians were up in arms and shut the practice down to the, you know, the the government said, sorry, no, you can't do that. So China is encountering this problem, and the government actually taxes disposable chopsticks, hoping that people will, you know, try to bring their own. And Greenpeace China worked with the government and also, you know, people in their popular culture, like actors and musicians and things, to launch this campaign called BYOC, Bring Your Own Chopsticks. So I brought that all around, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea, but I'm working so hard. I'm traveling all around the world, and I'm working like 100 hours a week, and I just don't have time to launch this concept. When... 2009, uh, guess who got laid off and all of a sudden had all the time in the world to <laughs> launch Ikohashi. So that's what I did. I mean, I'm so proud of you. You know, when you think about about all the pieces that you had to put together, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, it seems really simple. You go, well, lots of trees die in and, and, you know, we're deforesting at a rapid rate. You know, how do we make this better environmentally, but also better financially? You know, because only a few people profit uh, from the culling of these trees and the whole planet loses. So I don't think that's a very good deal, uh, right. you know, for us to be mowing down forests just for chopsticks. 
Right. Um, and then you think of the paper that they have to be wrapped in. So not only, you know, are we killing trees for chopsticks, but then we haven't done enough to the environment. We have to wrap them in disposable paper, too. Right. So, um, you know, all in all, I thought, okay, Hawaii will be a great market for this, you know. And, and so I... You know, my husband and I just said, okay, where are we going to go with this? And he, you know, we were so like, sweetheart, keep your job because we don't know what's going to come next down down the pipeline in this crazy economy. So um, I actually took my unemployment insurance money and I had a sewing machine, but I needed to take some sewing lessons so I could get better in creating my design. And, you know, I didn't know about cutting patterns and everything like that. So I developed everything and I, you know, the design and um, how could I get the most out of the yard for the fabric. And then I sourced the materials, which started, um, it opened up this really neat world. There's a lot of design elements that come out of Los Angeles. And unless you're in that world, you don't know it, but you go to some of these shops in downtown Los Angeles where you can get wholesale things and it's fabulous. You know, all of a sudden I'm shopping next to, you know, people that work for Juicy Couture and all these other companies. Um, and it wasn't be something that, you know, I came out of the sports industry. I don't know what I was sitting, you know, next to all these fabulous women that were dressed to the nines and we're all going through like, you know, bargain fabric racks and things like that. It's very interesting. Wow. Um, so kind of the next things I did was I, I wrote a business plan, and, and then I started cutting and sewing, and this is the summer of 2009. And um, and I sewed a whole bunch, and I, a friend put them in a shop in San Clemente, California. I had I had spent a lot of money at her shop when I had a job, a nine-to-five job. <laughs> so um, she was really sweet, and she gave me some advice and helped me. You know, I really wanted to keep it at the $10 price point because I envisioned kids in Hawaii buying these for their parents or for each other. I wanted it to be super affordable. That's a good idea, by the way. It's and, a great um, idea. Thanks. Um, a great... <laughs> Sorry. Can, can I jump in right now, please? Yeah, yeah. sure. Go ahead, Doris. Listen, um, uh, Leah, I, I just this is something that, uh, and Sandra's going to laugh at me because I'm, so I'm always talking, <laughs> as I'm always talking about ABC World News. Oh yeah, but, that's right. But when I when I <laughs> when I was looking at your website, I saw that uh, a lot that uh, you talk about your bags being made in the USA. Well, that's on, really important to me. Yeah. Well, on ABC World News, they have this program called Made in America. And they're looking for products to advertise to the American public that are made in America. And I thought, oh, my gosh, Leah can talk to them about, okay, here I've got this fabulous, especially the $10 price point, made in America, great stocking stuffer. Save our yeah, country I mean, I would like that. Com, right? I think I'm going to have to go online and check that out. Yeah. Um, but – that was so important to me. And as I started to learn about all these things, because remember, I've never done manufacturing before. I've always kind of been in where you kind of use your brain and you answer, you know, you solve logistics problems or you work with scientists or, you know, it's not as if I'm creating a tangible good. And um, I actually tried to, I was sewing them and sewing them and sewing them. And I realized, you know what? Sewing is just not my particular talent, and I can't keep up with the orders I was getting in. 
So I sourced a woman-owned business through another woman-owned business in Los Angeles and in Hawaii, and I get them manufactured by a seamstress. And she has a production facility in downtown Los Angeles. And um, it was just really... It was really fascinating, and I remember one of the things that I learned about is like cash flow. It was really hard to get collections, but I end, but I have to pay these people to help me produce these and help me do marketing and you know work my website and all these things. And the woman told me the production facility. She said, "Thank you so much," because I this is now a year later when I was able to get as many orders that I could afford this. She said, "You've helped me make payroll this week." You know, we're in the middle of the recession and it was, um, it was pretty crazy. It was, it was a really kind of this interesting moment where I thought I'm a part of this small business economy and you know what, we're not talking thousands and thousands of dollars here, but she needed it. It was like a Wednesday and she needed it to help pay all her workers that, you know, were sewing my product on top of other products and things like that. It was really special. Wow. That's but see that's more than special. That's the American spirit. That's what our founding fathers, you know, designed for us. That's why we have a free economy. And when I think back to Leon, you're going to get a giggle out of this. It's not like you pulled an Armani suit out of your trunk to make payroll. You actually created a product that was put on the market that people want that serves a global good um and it's and it's well made i gotta tell you you can throw these the little napkins that hold the chopsticks that you carry in your you know you stick them in your purse and bring them with you they hold up in the washer it's not like they blow apart after their first use they're really well done and that is kind of what difference differentiates me from my competitors all of which are in asia nobody does this in the u.s yet. <laughs> but um, a lot of them are made out of plastic tubes like you, or polyester little sleeping bags where you slide your sticks in. And mine, you can wash and it's just so much more hygienic. And, you know, it doubles as a napkin. Oh. I just think it's too pretty to use as a napkin. I'd like <laughs> rather wipe my hands on my pants and tell my kids to use their sleeves yeah. because the fabrics are really, really pretty. I got to tell you, you know, for somebody that, you know, I think of you as like a surfer girl with an MBA running around Beverly Hills just doing her thing, you know, to not only construct these things to come up with them, make them well-made, make them, you know, socially conscious products, but then they're pretty too. They're really cool fabrics. I I love that you went with the Hawaii theme on some of them. You've got geometric patterns. Um, you know, it's just a, a, you got a lot of good things going here. Thank you. And then I, uh, lastly, I have that organic pattern, right. but oh, I learned organic. so much about organics and they are a little bit more expensive. The price point on those is 12, but I mean, I work with a fabulous person, um, Harmony from Harmony Arts in Northern California who designs these beautiful fabrics and she's chasing, um, uh, some GOTS standards. It's uh, organic textile standards, global organic textile standards, and it's a really hard rating to get, but you know, she's chasing it. It's super expensive for her to achieve that, but she believes in it so much. And um, I'm just really proud that I'm able to support her endeavor as well. Again, that network of small business, especially women in small business. 
There well, you and go. that's why we have Ikohashi on the show today. My name is Sandra Beck. I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio, along with Doris Rivas Brecky today. Our guest is Leah Colabello. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Motherhood Talk Radio. God, did I say Military Mom Talk Radio again? Well, check us out on Mondays on <laughs> Military Mom Talk Radio. We'll come back from the break. Here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Ready for the most current feel-good gossip? Then check out Daytime with Donna with your host, Donna Intercastle, and sidekick Nina Fry. Every Friday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Donna is a charismatic market-driven entrepreneur who was part of the team that founded iVillage.com, which is the largest content-driven community for women today. Donna and Nina are here to empower you, motivate you, and encourage you in all aspects of your life. It's like Oprah on the radio. Plus, your chance to win great prizes, all the way up to a $500 Visa gift card. For more on Donna Intracasso, check out her website, introinc.com. Then join us for the show, Daytime with Donna, with your host, Donna Intracasso, and sidekick Nina Fry. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your host, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Doris Rivas Brecky as Christy Holly is on vacation today. She is in Disneyland with her children. My guest probably yelling at them by about now because it's four o'clock. They're probably overtired after driving the two hours to get down there, trying oh, to get yeah. them fed. And, you know, I'm sure they're towards the end of their <laughs> end of the rope, which tickles me immensely since I have to make fun of Christy and her fairy lights life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our guest today is Leah Colabello. She's a very dear friend of mine, longtime friend of mine. I'm so proud of the environmentally friendly and socially conscious company that she owns, Ikohashi. That's ecohashi.net, E-C-O-H-A-S-H-I.net. They're these cool chopsticks that you use over and over again so we're not killing trees, we're not hurting our environment, and they come in these funky, fabulous, wonderful little
little wrappers. She calls them napkins. I think they're they're too pretty. I don't want to get eel sauce on my napkin. I actually wrap them up nicely back in my purse until and then I do use the napkin that the restaurant gives me to clean my little chopsticks till we go home. Sometimes <laughs> I will go in the bathroom and clean them though. Um, you know, when my kids are not sticking themselves with each other uh, with the chopsticks. Anybody know how old you have to be to learn how to use a chopstick and not stick it in your eye? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it does take a little coordination. It does. I mean, my five-year-old started when he was, I would say he was two. And I remember my mom, we were in that same restaurant, uh, Miso Sushi. We were down the street and he was trying to navigate. You know, he had those chopsticks trainers, those little plastic thingies that hold them together, right? Um, He's sitting there trying to scoop this stuff. And my mom's like, he's going to poke his eye out. He's going to poke his eye out. And I looked at my mom. I didn't miss a beat. And I'm like, mom, then why isn't all of Asia blind? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, we have to learn how to use chopsticks. And I think it's so much fun. My kids get such a kick out of it. And, and Leah, we just enjoy these so much. I mean, the people listening today that are looking for some cool gift to give your friends, and especially, um, you know, if we were on Military Mom Talk Radio, we could talk about my friends who are deployed to Japan because these just are really cool and they're a lot of fun. Um, Leah, what was the hardest thing um, about starting your company? Like, what, where did you have the most trouble? It's definitely using technology and uh, doing the online store because, you know, I don't have a computer genius degree and I had to do research on what's the best store front for me to use and what, you know, I was really worried about the whole credit card fraud thing and um, I found a great company, Volusion, and I opened up my storefront, but you still need to sit and learn how to launch, you know, create the storefront because I couldn't afford the, you know, thousand bucks for somebody else to do that. And it it, it took quite a lot of time and effort to set up all the back end of the website and load all my products on there and take pictures. And it was really time consuming where I spent, I think, a little bit too much time doing that. And I needed to actually get out and hit the streets. And that's the second area that was really tough for me. I was a bit sheepish going into shops and kind of like a little apologetic and holding out my chopsticks and saying, right, right, would, yeah. Would you consider this concept? They didn't even know what it was, you know, like they couldn't even fathom it, you know, and, and I was kind of in you know, I'm going to get rejected, of course, and it's always so hard to do that. I'd be a horrible actor going to, you know, auditions and getting rejected all the time. And yes, people said no to me, but a lot of people did say yes. And a lot of people saw, like, kind of a little gleam in the eye. And, you know, and then I learned, you know, what shops were better for me where I would get a yes and um, what shops to avoid. So, you know, it just kind of built on its own momentum now, but I, I actually have to get back out now that my little boy is, you know, I'm hoping to get him to nursery school a couple mornings a week and be able to pound the pavement a, a bit more and, and, and grow the company. Leah, yeah, have he you has, go- oh, oh, go ahead, Doris. Uh, Leah, have you gone to any gift shows yet? No, I haven't. There, um, I, I would like to. There's one, I, apparently a fabulous one in Atlanta. Yeah, that, that, I, well, that's I, the main one, yeah. And also L.A. Uh, and um, I'm hoping maybe I can find someone to partner with because the booths are a bit pricey. You know, and right now I'm really focusing yeah. on, you know, whatever money I make, 
I'm just throwing it right back into the yeah, company right. again. And yeah, yeah. So it's it's um, it's sort it's not a zooming upward on the bell curve growth chart. You know, it's really kind of up and down and up and down. And like right now, I've been able to hire a fabulous PR firm called the Bungalow PR, and you're going to start seeing placement of Ikohashi in some in interesting places. So I'm really looking forward to it. Great. And one of them is Home Accent Magazine, which is like the inside trade magazine for right. gift shops. Well, right and that's on. so important, Leah. You know, I love what you said earlier about, like, you know, that upward bell curve or whatever it is. It's like, you know, when you're a mom and you're using your own funds and your own sweat equity to build your business, right. it's not going to take off like a lot of these company things that you read online. I know with motherhood, Leah, I funded it with, you know, my own money, you know, put it through its ringer. I did everything in the beginning myself and it didn't grow as fast as I wanted it to. And you know, I had a kid. Now, how old is your son? He's nine months. He's oh, nine Lord. months. So when are you going to start him on chopsticks, and will you protect his eyes? And my mom's just coming back <laughs> from gonna, the grave. Yes, we'll get some goggles for him. <laughs> <laughs> he needs them right now because he's slinging food right and left. Aww. I need them. Yeah, you need them. It's like, how did how did the owner of Ikohashi lose her eye? Well, her son poked her in the eye with a chopstick. That Seriously. would be a PR story. <laughs> But he is getting oh. he's getting better and he's starting to use a spoon now, so hopefully we can advance. Well, and it's hard. I mean, you talk about advancing, you know, this is motherhood talk radio. So, you know, we think of how our kids, you know, they start out, you know, mashing food in their hair and then they eventually get it in their mouth. And then the spoon, you know, look, I can dump, look, I can dump your food on the floor, mom, aren't I fabulous, <laughs> you know, up to using chopsticks. And that's kind of like how a business grows when you're a mom and your primary focus is obviously your family, even though I have a big successful company now and incorporated entity. Um, it didn't start out that way. And it took baby steps just like a kid. And the thing is, I never lost focus of what my priority was first, which was my family. And Leah, don't you feel the same way as you grow your company? Absolutely. And it's kind of interesting because towards the end of my pregnancy, I, I went around to all my accounts and I said, hey, you know, my due date is in two weeks. You know, can I fill any orders that'll see you through the next six to eight weeks? And everyone, even like even Whole Foods that carries my, my product in, in Hawaii and California, they were saying, yeah, send us two boxes. You know, it, it, they were so supportive. And so I was oh. able to sort of stall my business a bit, you know, just kind of keep things going. I didn't overwhelm myself. My priority was my son, my myself, getting my health back. And, you know, it was kind of a tumultuous, I had a tumultuous recovery. And, and, um, and then I was able to pick up right again, right where I left off, but handle my my little one's needs. And, you know, they all of a sudden you think you've got them figured out, and then all of a sudden, no. You know, it's the changing up, you know, and I think the hardest part about having a little one is finding the time where, you know, he's not sleeping as much as he used to. And so once I try to sit down and start a project, you know, 45 minutes later, I have to go get up because he's woken up from his nap, that sort of thing. Oh. Yeah, it just gets worse. Just okay. like, you know. So that's, and, you know, and, and I, <laughs> I found some teenage girls that live in the neighborhood, they're sisters, and they alternate coming over to the house after school for a couple hours, and wa and they just play, like mommy's helper, and they, they play with my son, who just loves it, so he's getting a benefit, and then I'm getting time to 
sit down and work on that technology, which I'm so horrible at, but, you know, I'm figuring it out, but it just takes a quiet moment, and um, they've really helped me out. My husband has been so supportive of my endeavor. My biggest cheerleader. Great. Well, and it's really important, Leah, that you say, you know, you have a team in place. You know, and we, we used to talk about teams, you know, when we work together, how important teams are. Because, you know, as a working mother with a young child, it's lack of sleep. It's inability to focus because you're so tired or your kids lick at a socket. I mean, they just do the darndest things and you can't, you can't focus. And I did the same thing. I used local teen workers. I used local, you know, I had my nanny that's still with me today. Anna is still absolutely Anna and Martin, you know, ever since my divorce and having to restructure everything, she has been by my side from the very beginning. Uh, Couldn't do this without her. And sometimes Leah, it was a matter of, she would come here. She would take my two kids and take them in the other room. I would go upstairs, cry, go in the bathtub and sleep for 45 (laughs) minutes. And it was, that's how I got through my day. Wow. It is a lot better now that he's sleeping through the night because my husband just, I was a total zombie, you know, and after he goes to bed, I would be sitting there rolling chopsticks and, you know, I would stroll with him towards, you know, every morning we'd walk to the post office and send out my little boxes and have Ikohashi product going to everyone. I've even sent some to um, Cobble. I have a girlfriend that's in Kabul right now working at the embassy there. And, wow. you know, it just they're, it's, it's been really phenomenal. So my son, one day he will become part of my labor force and we'll be rolling them together. There you oh, go. are you kidding? You should have seen, <laughs> Leah. My Toys for Tots was this weekend. You know, we got those oh, 2,000 were... toys and $3,000, and it was slave labor camp on Wednesday night. My 8-year-old <laughs> and my 5-year-old, they were rolling balls of cookie dough like there was no tomorrow because, you know, when you're working single mom, there is no tomorrow. It's just what you can do, you know, with what you have. And I want to comment on your comment of, you know, after you had your baby and, you know, you had recovery time or whatever, Anybody out there who tells you they had a great birth and they bounced right back is a big liar. So I'm just going to put that out there because I am so sick of these mothers going, oh, I gave birth five times. I was so good at it. I'm like, well, you better be by now. And, um, you know, just birthing sucks. And if you do it naturally, it hurts like hell. You will get through it. Um, you know, running a company, starting a company when you have a baby before you have a baby is a great idea. Uh, so is getting a puppy when you have a child. And I'm kidding you. But women do it every single day. Day I did both of it. I had a, a three-month-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, and getting a divorce as a single mother with that new puppy, Snowy, that I still hate eight years later. Um, and you do it. As women, every single day, we just do it. Uh, my Absolutely. name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio. I hope you found our show today inspirational for all of you out there that have an idea, that put the pieces together like Leah did, to look and say, gee, we're killing a lot of trees, we're throwing a lot of stuff out, we're generating a lot of trash. She came up with a great product. It's inexpensive. It makes great gifts. I just ordered two of them online right now. It's Ecohashi, eco H-A-S-H-I dot net. Doris, I want to thank you for co-hosting with me today. Leah, I want to thank, thank you, you for, for being our guest today. You're Next welcome. week, we're going to have Susie Manning from Sizzle, so you're not going to want to miss it.
thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly on Toginet.com. Join us every Tuesday as we 